Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston sits down for a conversation with a couple of Heartlight's teens. For the past two decades, Heartlight has become the country's premier residential counseling center and boarding school for struggling teens. Founded in 1998 by Mark Gregston and his wife Jan, Heartlight is a program that not only modifies behavior, but one that seeks to offer a unique transformative journey through a relational experience that offers counseling, small group therapy, academics, and activities. We hope you find encouragement as you listen to these stories today. Jacob, thanks for, for sitting down. I, I'm interested to know how you ended up coming to Heartlight. What was going on in your life that that somebody would say, hey, I need to do something different and send my son to Heartlight? Um, I think what was happening was this, I was getting really high into drugs, and I was doing a lot of like different drugs, sneaking out the house, like disrespecting mm-hmm. my parents every now and then. And it got to the point where, like, well— through six, sixth grade all the way up to eighth grade, I was bullied in school. And mm-hmm. so I started doing, like, started smoking weed just to see if, like, that would help my depression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after that, I just started, like, started smoking more and more. And then I started developing new friends that weren't really friends. They weren't yeah. the right people to hang out with. Yeah. Wait, wait. But you say bullied. So the bullying stuff was was lending itself and you were just getting depressed over that? Yes, sir. Wow. I was... Having a lot of anxiety and stuff, worried about like, you know, getting in more fights in school because of what's going on. Were you getting in fights a lot? Uh, middle school, I did get in a lot of fights. Wow. So this is like fifth and sixth grade? Mm, sixth grade up to eighth grade. Sixth and eighth grade. So those weren't good years. Not really. You think that's where a lot of things start to become a mess for people? Yes. Because you talk to everybody else here at Heartlight, they'll say that it's usually middle school where it all started. Mm-hmm. And most people think, well, you don't get into problems till you're in high school. And I go, eh, you know, it's not true. Right. I mean, it's it's it's. I think it's pretty hard in middle school. I mm-hmm. I think that's probably the hardest grade. So, so anyway, so you're smoking pot, new friends. What else? Um, I would sneak out the house. I was taking a truck. Uh, don't even have my license. I was taking a truck, driving it around at night, picking up different friends. Uh, wow. And I'd come home, and sometimes my dad would know about it, and he would try to punish me, and I would just say, no, I'm not going to get punished. I'm going to do what I want. And that's when arguments, like arguments from there would turn into fights, get into physical. And at that point, I think my dad was thinking, he's like, I can't control him. Someone else has to. Yeah. There's got, he has to try something new. Was that hard for you, Dad? Oh, yeah. How was your mom responding? Uh, I didn't have a mom for about 10 years until last year, and she wasn't in the house. Wow. And why wasn't she in the house? They were, like, dating, and she just got married, and she was living somewhere else. And then she finally got—she moved in with us last November. Oh, okay. So so it's just been you and your dad for a long time. Yes, sir. What about your real mom? Uh, My real mom is—I'm not legally allowed to talk to her until I'm 18 years old. She, um, She was doing drugs while I was in her stomach. Oh, wow. And I got, she got caught up with it. Wow. So I was taken away from her. So is she still caught up in it? Uh, she's still doing a lot of drugs. Yes, oh, sir. wow. Wow. 
So are you looking forward to seeing her? Uh, no, I honestly don't think I want to see her because she's lied to me, lied to my brothers. I have four brothers, and she's lied to them, put them through a lot of stuff. Like Cameron, my brother Cameron and Brandon are in their 20s, late 20s, and they've got bad PTSD from it. Oh, wow. So wow. I think, like, I'd rather not let her in my life just because I feel like if I do, something bad will happen and I'll get hurt or something. Yeah. You think that's that that's part of your thoughts and your thought process and feelings and anger or whatever that kind of boils a little bit. A just, little bit, yes. Just not having that. It does a little bit. Do you get along with your stepmom? Uh, I didn't for a while until like I started sort of building a little bit of relationship with her. Yeah. It's just hard from going with just me and my dad being being together for ten years all the way to having another person in the house. Yeah, she kind of intruded <laughs> on your on your lifestyle a little bit. A little bit, yeah. I think that'd be hard for anybody, quite honestly. Yeah. And it's got to be hard on her, too, coming into it going, God, how do we do this? Yeah, and your dad gets kind of stuck. Okay, so so you get sent off to Heartlight. Was that a hard thing for you? Um, it was because I knew I was going to be missing out a lot, and I thought that our— I thought our school was going to keep – we were going to have school and stuff and football season because before I got here, I was doing football training and stuff because I'm a big football player. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I was really hyped out for football season, and I really wanted to play. And I wanted to go to the beach. Like, I came here I, – I had two weeks of my summer. After we got out of school, I had two weeks of summer, now singer. So I was wow. really looking forward to summer. Yeah. Wow. Well, everybody's summer kind of got shut yeah. down a little bit, and everybody's football program oh, yeah. is getting shut down at the same time. I mean, we're all living this – crazy you know world that's just not it's just not real right, right now and so it's a little bit different okay so you come to heartlight um were you angry about that um yeah i was i was kind of mad at my parents mad at myself for putting myself <laughs> in the situations and thinking like i could have ran or i could have done this or that to get away from it yeah okay so that's not where you are now no I mean, you you, you you look like you're doing well, are you? Yes, sir. Yeah, so what do you think's changed? Uh, I think what's changed is that, that I want to change myself. Mm. And I'm starting to see, like, what I was doing was wrong. And that me going home or me, like, st if I had stayed in the same way I was going and doing the same stuff I was doing, going down that road, I would probably be in juvie right now. Wow. be sitting in a cell right now. Either that or I'd be kicked out the house because I've been kicked out of the house a couple times. Um, I'd be adopted to a different parent. I don't want that. I've already changed parents once. I don't want to have to do it again. Wow, wow. Okay, so what's the biggest change you've seen in yourself? Uh, definitely peer getting peer pressured. Uh, Decision-making is definitely one of them. And anger is I'm getting better with being able to control my anger because I was a really mad kid. I was always angry. Um but I'm starting to develop coping skills to handle it. I'm starting to be able to be more open with people. At first, I never taught anybody about my anger. I never taught really anybody about anything. Wow. Now I'm sort of, I want to be open about it and let people let people in, yeah, be yeah, a little yeah. bit vulnerable. Why do you think you were so closed? I didn't want people to see the real side of me. Why not? Because I felt like they would treat me different or I would lose the friends I have. And were those the friends that that you said earlier that you shouldn't be hanging out with? or uh, Some of those were, a few of those were them, and then the rest of them were just friends that I had at home, like around the neighborhood, in school. So you felt like if you were genuine, 
then you lose. Or I felt like if I t- if I let them in, knowing how angry I can get and like how mad of a person I am, I feel like they'd be like, "Oh no, I don't want to hang out with that kid. I don't want to get in a fight with him or something." Wow, wow. Okay, so where did that anger all come from? The anger came from uh, built up depression and my parents always yelling at me for something. My family always like saying that I'm the one that like to blame or something. Like I didn't like that. And yeah. I didn't like not getting my way with things. So <laughs> I would get pretty mad at that. Yeah, and so now you're living in a house with seven other guys, mm-hmm. eight other guys. Well, you're never going to get your way. Right. You're probably learning that, oh, you yeah, know. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, but have you developed some good relationships here? Uh, yes, sir. I've, I've found some real friends here. Think they'll be lifelong friends? Uh, a few of them, yes. Yeah, some of them, no. But I yeah. mean, but the other ones, yeah, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. Okay, so what would your dad say when, when I mean— what would he say about you right now? What he's seeing when he talks to you on the phone and everything? He would see that my relationship with God is getting closer. He would see like he still has struggles, but he's starting to starting to change. He's in a changing like spree or however you say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he would say like he's really proud of me. Wow. Because I got level three, and I'm proving to him that I'm willing to change. Yeah, that's a big deal. It's yeah. a big deal. Well, I know he's got to be proud of you. Mm-hmm. And my hope for you is that is that you and your stepmom can get along really well because I think have, you having a mom in your life, because you haven't had one in your life, right. can be such a great asset mm-hmm. for you, and you're going to love it. You know, once you guys kind of get over this stuff, and that would be my prayer for you as you kind of head home and stuff. Right. But thanks for coming in and sharing your story. I kind of love hearing you know what's going on. I, I get to see you occasionally, and I everybody else, and, and I just I don't hear the story. Right. Start to hear the story. I go, okay, now I get it a little bit more. So that's cool. Anyway, good to spend time with you. Thank you. You bet. Every parent knows that setting rules and consequences is one of the hardest parts of the job, but lots of parents make it harder than it has to be. Mark Gregston has helped parents all over the country, and now he's put what he's learned into the Developing Rules and Consequences workbook. In it, Mark walks parents through the process of putting together a plan for developing rules and consequences that generate results. In the Developing Rules and Consequences workbook, Mark talks about the importance of setting a small number of specific rules that change the whole atmosphere of your home. Communicating exactly what you want from your team will help you learn how to discourage inappropriate behavior and encourage better decision-making. That means crafting rules with consequences that will make them think twice before they make a decision. The Developing Rules and Consequences workbook will show you how by helping you create a custom plan that works for your home. The hardest part of the job is about to get a little easier. Order the Developing Rules and Consequences workbook by visiting parentingteenresources.org. Harry, thanks for coming in and and uh, and talking to us. Tell me a little bit about you and how you ended up coming to Heartlight. What was going on in your life? So at home, I was I was very depressed um, due to some things that happened in my past, and wow. I ended up just living a very unhealthy lifestyle at home, which my parents deemed was not the best for me. Yeah. So 
they decided to send me to Heartland. Okay, so what stuff went on in the past? What was going on? Well, I'm not very like a very social person. It was it was like when I first moved over because I originally lived on the east side of the bay. But okay. I moved over the bridge to my new home. I lost all my friends and everything, and I tried making new friends, and it was really hard. And this and this is in the San Francisco area. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. I was just unsuccessful. I I actually we moved to a very small town, very small city. Yeah. What's the town? It's San Carlos. Oh, okay. okay. It's it's smaller than other cities. Yeah. Yeah. And I just had a lot of like hard troubles trying to make friends with the new kids at school, and that really got me down over wow. over years. So, did that cause you to kind of just give up and say, "I'm"? I mean, did it happen all at once, or was it over a period of time that it happened? Or I definitely didn't give up because I tried all the way through high school. Yeah, and in high school, I. I was successful in some ways because it was just more diverse, and I ended up doing good, but I was still, like, very isolated and distanced from everyone, and I would always, like, stay home. So you'd stay home, and you're isolated. What would you do in your isolation? Mostly, most of the time, I would just be on the computer. Yeah. Like, I would chat with friends online and people from my church because there were, like, people that I really, really, that were, like, really close to me. Yeah. Well, so so you're kind of isolating from folks. Your parents didn't know about the depression that you were going through? Did they just think it was just kind of normal for you to isolate? Um, I'm not sure about that because, well, they definitely tried to help me. Like, in middle school, they would introduce me to, like, basketball teams and Swimming, badminton, like yeah. a bunch of sports for me to like build myself into like that community and meet people. But after being unsuccessful in middle school, I definitely just chose to isolate. Like when so, I was at home, I would always just go in my room, shut the door, and go on with my life. Wow. Wow. Did you feel a sense of. I'm just not connecting with people or I don't have the ability to or did it get you further and further depressed because you didn't know how to? What was... Well, at first I didn't really know what depression was. I was later told to me like I've been through depression for a very long time. Like ever since like my middle school years, it's been like on and off. Wow. But I... Definitely felt that I didn't have the ability to talk to people face to face, which is why I resulted in like me always being on the computer and on the phone, talking with people online. So easier like, to text yeah. and emails and everything else than it is to communicate. Yeah, it was almost like I didn't have to even look at their face and I'd be talking to them. But but your your verbiage is very well. I mean, I mean your verbiage is very good. You're your words are are distinct. I mean, it's they're they're clarified. I guess is what I would say. But I mean, you do well in talking. Yeah. Is there a, something inside of you that just goes, okay? I'm just really nervous right now. I think 
even here, usually I'd say a lot of people also say like, I'm better at individual conversations. Yeah. But once it gets like maybe three, four, five, a group of people, I I kind of get like anxious about talking. Kind of <laughs> shut down. Yeah. Okay. So if there would be one thing that you would wish that you had the ability to do, what would that be? People skills. I've really? always I've always been told throughout my life, like from especially from my dad, that it doesn't really matter. Well, it matters a little bit mm-hmm. of like how smart you are in the world, your jobs, your career. But if you don't have people skills, you don't really go anywhere. Okay. Do you feel like you're developing those here? Yeah. The my counselor is helping me with that currently. Yeah. And well, and it seems like you get along with everybody. I mean, I haven't heard I haven't heard one negative thing. I mean, I hear negative things about everybody all the time. I haven't heard one negative thing about you. I mean, it's it's nobody said, "Ah, well, he's this and he's that and he's that." I mean, everybody's always been very complimentary of you, and say he's the nicest guy in the world. I mean, so I'm going. You've got a lot going for you. Do you think there's just a, a block that you have somewhere that says, "Back off, back off"? Yeah, because. I don't think I don't know if my like my verbiage is has to deal with this, but usually when I contribute to like a discussion, I like it if what I say has meaning, is logical, has reason. But if it doesn't have like those things, I don't really want to say it. So if it's more of an emotional response or about feelings and everything else, is that hard for you? Yeah. So when you get in group meetings here. That's mainly what you talk about, isn't it? Yeah, which I don't think I've been doing that great in. <laughs> and that's more just emotional development, and maybe that's, maybe that's an underdeveloped area of your life. But, I mean, because you engage in other ways and you do that really well, you know, and, and I mean, you're a very kind person. I This is the first time that you and I have really talked, yeah. and I'm going, I'm impressed. I'm really impressed because when I've seen you, I've thought, Okay, he just doesn't like guys with mustaches, or he just doesn't <laughs> like guys with gray hair, or or something. But I go, I I enjoy. I mean, I would love to spend more time and go. Hey, tell me other parts of your life, you know, kind of thing. Okay, so how do you think your parents could have helped you better um, in your tendency to isolate? What could they have done? Honestly, I think they've done like anything. Like, they've done so much for me, and it was just my, like, myself just choosing to close that door on them. Wow. And I could sit here all day and list so many things that they've done for me. At the end of the day, it was just me. I chose to close the door. Yeah, yeah. You get along with them when you're on the phone with them now? Do you all talk well and— yeah, I can't say that every single phone call goes well. Yeah. But what do you think is going to be the biggest challenge when you get home? Just maintaining the relationship. Wow. Because at home before, I just didn't have the relationship because it was like there was just the door in between us. And yeah, yeah. Being at home after Heartlight, I think the biggest challenge would to be just maintain that relationship and. Try not to like close the door and That's shut cool. it down. That's cool. Well, I know your parents want that, and I, and I know probably in your heart you want that as well. 
and hopefully we can get you to that point. So that'll be kind of cool. That'll be cool. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for coming in. I know it's probably harder for you to sit in front of a microphone, and I hope we haven't made you too nervous to but it's probably good to get out of your shell a little bit yeah. because you communicate very well, I think. So thank, thank you, you for coming in. Thank you. You bet. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit parentingtodaysteens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful to your family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.